On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Brian Bonella in part two of our original interview. Brian, thanks for coming on. No, it feels even better being here the second time and be able to redeem myself a little bit because I think I was mixing up, jumbling up words together the last time. I, I was nervous but excited at the same time and happy to be here. Yes, sir. And this interview is going to be uh, value-packed. Let's talk about funnel sales marketing. What, what do we need to know from a very basic standpoint? Sure. So the, the most basic thing that people or I would like people to be aware of for the steps, consumer psychological steps that have to take place uh, before someone uh, likes you, trusts you, and then buys from you, right? So it's kind of like one of those things where you meet someone the first time and you try to get their attention. Let's say it's uh, someone in a net, uh, network, you know, event, you know what I mean? And you're networking and, and they're like, yeah, cool. Here, we're exchange business cards. Yeah, it's cool. And then the second time you see them, oh, hey, man, how's it going? You know what I mean? And you start getting more intimate with them. And by the third and fourth time, they know you by name. And how's it going, Brian? How's it going, Alejandro? How's so-and-so? They might know, you know, uh, your friend or family member of yours and stuff like that. So it's that same process that we go through through relationships and building those relationships that end up getting to that to that sale. Uh, so really understanding those steps in consumer psychology is what's going to allow you to create those steps within your funnel as well, uh, within your sales process and marketing process as well. So, Right, because we can't attract everybody into our funnel, right? We have to be kind of um, doing some sort of qualification. So we get them lower and lower and lower until we actually convert them into a client or a customer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole process here. And it seems like the, yeah. the funnels, what they do so well is you don't have to be there in person to create this awareness, this connection. You could be sleeping, you could be working out, you could be mm-hmm. living your life and still going through the process and getting these clients, customers, whatever. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of the marketing automations and all the tools and technologies that uh, we put into our technology stack that we use and to be able to continuously follow up and feed uh, value and information to people in order to build that that relationship. And and uh, you also touched based on different types of buyers and, and how to qualify them and stuff like that. And, and there's definitely like uh, three general uh, ways you will qualify or be able to identify a buyer and uh, no matter what niche or uh, character avatar you may have for your ideal buyer, there's also permutations of that buyer, uh, buyer demand, uh, buyer lean is what I like, uh, is what I, how I like to describe it and uh, buyer awareness. So there's like countless permutations of your initial avatar throughout these characteristics of where they are are in their buying process right just as we have a sales process everyone in their head even though even even if they're consciously doing it or not they go through their buying process as well they might research a little bit on google etc cetera, etc cetera, right might look up reviews on amazon so if uh, going into depth a little bit better it would be like buyer demand would be buyer heat buyer power what do i mean by heat and power heat would just be mean urgency their demand for fixing that problem or that pain that they have right away and that's going to tell you what uh, that he's more inclined or that individual is more inclined for the sale uh, and then you also have uh, buyer powers he does he have the budget to be able to afford that that product or service you know people look at demographics and disposable incomes of markets and stuff like that that'll go into uh, identifying your your ideal buyer buyer power 
a customer awareness. Everyone knows about the customer awareness is the general scheme, especially in social media content marketing. You're going, uh, you're going through like a oblivious to aware, to engaged. You know what I mean? To those, you know, permutations of awareness where they don't know about that they even know that they have this problem. They, they might not know that the problem exists. They don't, they don't even know that there's a solution for this problem. They, they don't know you exist. That's oblivious. You know what I mean? Then they stumble across social media and be like, oh my God, I didn't know that it had this problem within my business and that there's solutions for it. So now they become more aware, more, more, more conscious of the fact. And then they start engaging with your content from, the, from then on until they become a, like a, a, a buyer or a consumer, someone that's going to refer you down the line and stuff like that. Uh, and then buyer lean. And these are all methodologies that have different terms uh, throughout the course of history. This is the sales stuff, marketing stuff is nothing new. Uh, but buyer lean is basically uh, which direction a person likes to make these logical decisions off of, right? And I'll do it. There's two types of people generally. There's the type of person that all they need is that one reason to buy. You can tell them five reasons why you shouldn't buy it, but all they need is that one reason because they just, whatever it, it might be, and it depends on the, on, the, on the product and the passion and the hobby, right? You might get that out of a guy for a motorcycle, his motorcycle hobby, because I'm getting into that now. So my wife, he might, might come up with a million reasons why not to get into it, why not to buy the next thing, but I just need that one. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there's the other person too where you can give him a million, them a million reasons to buy, and then they just need that one reason not to buy and they won't buy it. So that's what I mean by buyer lean as well. You have to really intimately build relationships with your customer, get to know them so you could be able to jump on an opportunity when it comes. Yeah. There, there's so much complexity to this. You know, this is kind of a very basic overview of modern sales online, funnel hacking, digital marketing. One thing that I think is uh, an important trend to look on is ads. Right. So we can have a funnel, we could have all the awareness, the content, but getting that in a way in front of the people that you want to buy, it's kind of a challenge today because of the rising price of advertisements. Right. So mm -hmm. are we going to focus more in the future on organic content where people are just doing blogs, reeling them in because we provide them so much value or will there be some kind of way to save on ads and still get a decent profit? There definitely is uh a cyclical kind of pro uh, process within the organic and paid and going back and forth and, and in terms of popularity. I, I definitely believe that when one gets hot, the other gets cold and vice versa. But I also strongly believe if you do your research and you, and you really go through custom uh, building custom audiences and, and, and looking for uh, like interests accurately and going in deep into the uh, API, the Facebook API, especially if you're doing Facebook to be able to identify what those micro sub-segments of those markets are, you know what I mean? And, and once you start doing that, you'll be able to uh, bring your, your CPM costs down. Also, if you in, like incorporating things like geofencing and really, and really keeping things in a, a geo-targeted uh, location and where you're maybe following up with print advertisements or EDMM, right? Every door direct mail, uh, or EDDM, right? Every door direct mail. Uh, FedEx does it. UPS does it. They all do it. So you could just set up. You could geofence a location, saying I'm gonna blast ads. Works great for like real estate people, especially. But I'm gonna blast ads for like a place I geofence out, not only digitally, but I'm gonna send them 
to print to their door as well and you'd be able to uh, get a lot more effective um, uh, marketing campaigns maybe if not if you corporate print it might be end up being the same cost but by using geofencing and, and being more specific about your choices and your targeting you'll be able to bring those costs down uh, unless they're really high competitive and there's definitely examples of that you know what i mean and within the health niche and especially the health fitness niche so yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, kind of bulk mail, putting letters out there mm -hmm. or special packages. It it really makes a, an impression from a It makes a huge standpoint. impact in the sense of confirmation bias. They want to see those random tweets or posts about you, about someone in their sphere saying how good your product or service is. They want to see that. They want to see that, uh, that your ad on Facebook when they wake up in the morning and like, like I said, when they, when they get out to their front door, their mailbox, see your print, that's like a, a, a connection in their head that they, they subconsciously make that builds credibility, builds authority, uh, which is uh, two things that are likely to push you towards easier sales. You think that push for authenticity, credibility, authority, all these things is in such high demand because of all the opportunities out there and a lot of them just seem too good to be true? Or what do you think it, it is? It, it's definitely that, but it's like, a, it, it's more about information overload, understanding where you are to be able to give value and weight to that said information, right? So if you're a super, super beginner, you got to understand that you're susceptible to anyone being able to give you value. But how long is that value going to work for? And, and that's the key distinction. And, and I think it's up to the responsibility of the people that are providing these types of services and, and, and info digital products and stuff like that to, to be authentic and identify themselves. Because there is a difference between like a, a tutor and a coach and a mentor in terms of how what their capabilities are to be able to help you further down the line or be able to foresee things further further down the line that uh someone more inexperienced may not i don't think there's anything wrong with someone being able to find a sort of a, like a, an infusion of success suddenly like a sudden you know burst of success and be able to uh, create something that can that, that he uh he thinks that people will be able to replicate from that people will be able to replicate that same success from and if people end up seeing that, then that's great. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but that person still can't pivot himself as someone that uh, can help you with, foresee problems later down the line because he's only six months into the process ahead of you. So you need to know where you are in the bigger process of things, like where am I in my journey? So I know who I'm successful to and then be aware of the different characters that come into play. I think majority of people mean well, you know what I mean? And I don't think no one's going to try to give you bad advice, if they're, especially if they're in advice giving business. I think it's a long term of doing that and, and not feeling any, any type of, uh, I think it'll get to that individual's head, which then would eventually make, make him lead down to a different path where he may end up scamming people or taking, you know, people's money irresponsibly. And, and that seems to be happening often because people are getting into it so young. People are getting into it so, so young and getting excited, seeing the little success they have without really preparation for the future. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you're too young, then you don't have a sense of maturity to handle all the success that you're getting, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned a lot of good points. Let's talk about like looking forward. What, do you, what are some future trends that you see in the digital space, marketing, sales, any of those 
funnels, any of that stuff? Yeah, so like I think a lot of things come in cycles. Uh, I think webinar was at a molten lava hot five years it'll go up until now maybe even before that but now it's cooling off i think uh there's so many different technologies that people need to be aware of i think that that's wherein lies the key is that research and development and knowing what are going to be the avenues that people are going to be that are going to dominate traffic in the future so I definitely talk about voice SEO a lot and accessible via voice skills, having your product into Alexa, built into Alexa voice skills, and you can just Google it, you know, uh, Alexa developer, or developer a Amazon, developers.amazon.com or whatever it may be. Uh, but all the information is there to how to be able to create these APIs. And there's even tools now that help you create those APIs, just like uh, chatbots are a popular thing now. And, before it used to be some some type of coder that had needs to come in and create those conditional flows for you, but now majority of the tools, uh, chatbot tools, have that built in. Uh, so you're going to see the same thing happen with the voice SEO. There's going to be tools that are going to continue to come out and really reinforce that market, that that uh, traffic source. Yeah, it's just all about being able to foresee the future traffic sources. That's the main one that comes to mind right now. But people are definitely trying to bring their shopping experiences to VR, not to sound cliche. I think that's a, a, a good amount of years in it from now, but it's definitely going to that direction. I think uh, there's a lot of things I would shop VR, honestly speaking. Uh, I would shop for furniture VR. I know I might not be able to sit down and feel the textures of everything, but at least if I could see where it is on my living room, I think that experience is so much superior than going to the store and sitting down on the couch you know what i mean i think i can yeah. have a good idea how it sits down not as much as how it would fit you know what i mean so so always being aware of what new technologies are coming in i think a lot of the trends are, are cyclical there's so many tiny different unfair advantages you can pick up just by uh being on top of tool sets and reading up on on whatever vertical that you're in and stuff like that. I think that's what gives people the competitive edge. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of really important things, things that are going to continue in the future. Now, it's all exciting because there's a lot of opportunity. We just don't want listeners to kind of go crazy with all the options. And I think the real important point here is just pick one and go with it. Stick with it. Master yeah, it for the sure. future. Because if you try to spread yourself too thin and do all these things, I mean, maybe you can do it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you have unlimited energy, but... So uh, I, I take responsibility of being uh, the multitasker that gets nothing done. I take ownership of that. Uh, but there's a, a, a irresponsible and a responsible way of go, going about doing it. I think that if you make appropriate time out of your day to be able to experiment and do new things while still consistently getting the things that you need to be getting done, I think that you'll be able to always stay in that, that growth, that growth pattern and stuff like that as long as you do it responsibly, right? You can't really just uh, spread out in too many directions at once, develop a skill at a time, or work on a project at a time. You can have a, a mind map that's insane. You know what I mean? You're foreseeing 100 years, you're foreseeing yourself like 91, running like 50, 50 companies and stuff like that. That's fine. As long as you're aware that it's one at a time. And being able to be malleable, flexible enough to be able to, uh, to jump on different ventures or having or have people become parts of these, these ventures. I think it's all about people and a people thing. I think that your success is 
the most directly correlated to how many people you can expose yourself to, not in a macro sense, like doing podcasts and stuff like that, but really building relationships. There's three currencies on the market today, okay, especially with today's climate. If you, if you look at where the direction we're going with, with like the digital currencies and the whole social score and, and all these things, it, it, it's scary to think of, but we might, might come a day where money might not be as relevant as it was in the, you know, now as much as attention is and how many people like you it will be. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that attention is a currency of today. Money is a currency of today. And definitely the relationships that come out of that if you think about it, they all make like this little wonderful cyclical process where you use money to do what? To bring in audiences, right? To bring in attention. And then what do you do with that, that attention, those audiences? You build relationships out of them. As long as you continually build relationship, what's going to come out of that? Money. So it's really the cyclical process that you got to always be aware of where you're cycling one currency out of, out of your bank account for another. And, and uh, right now we're not at the state state where you, we can quantify those other currencies, but I think we will be in the near future quantifying those other currencies. So Brian, to close this interview, can you give the listeners, um, well, I guess you did it on the first episode, right? But I guess you can do it again if they missed that one. Any information yeah, where to mean, find you online? Anywhere where find a profile or social media stuff at, I'm probably there at Brian underscore DV1G or just Brian DV1G being described as like a digital unicorn even though unicorn i like i like the genie avatar a whole lot more you know, <laughs> your wish is my command kind of deals so very cool it's always Brian. a pleasure being here i'd like to apologize for the people how the first one went hopefully this one went so much better and brought a whole, a whole lot more value for people and and yeah hopefully me and alejandro could continue on building a relationship outside the you know outside the the microphone outside of air i hope you people enjoyed it that's for sure. Both were great for the record, Brian. Thanks so much for coming on again. Thanks, man.